Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved family, and Merry Christmas. It's still Christmas. Christmas ends on the Feast of the Purification of our Blessed Lord, of Our Lady, and the Feast of the Presentation of our Blessed Lord, which is also Candle Mass, um, February 2nd, when many of us do a procession to show that the light of the world has come. It's such a gorgeous season. And... um, I'm, I'm guessing that most of us are praying for the soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Um, whether he was the true Pope or Pope Emeritus, we're not going to know. There are no such thing as two Popes at one time. We'll find out in heaven. But we pray for his soul. <clears throat> and the last words his nurse told us that he prayed, last words whispered from his lips, <coughs> as he uttered his last breath, is, Lord, I love you. Those were his last words. Lord, some people say, Jesus, I love you. No, he said, Lord, I love you. And he wrote a short um, spiritual testament at the end of his life. And um, it's up on the internet titled My Spiritual Testament. And it reads from Pope Emeritus Benedict, when at this late hour of my life... I look back on the decades I have wandered through. I see, first of all, how much reason I have to give thanks. Above all, I thank God himself, the giver of all good gifts, who has given me life and guided me through all kinds of confusion, who has always picked me up when I began to slip, who has always given me anew the light of his countenance. In retrospect, I see and understand that even the dark and arduous stretches of this path were for my salvation and that he guided me well in those very stretches. Pope Benedict, or Pope Emeritus Benedict, continues, I thank my parents who gave me life in difficult times and prepared a wonderful home for me with their love, which shines through all my days as a bright light until today. My father's clear-sighted faith taught us brothers and sisters to believe and stood firm as a guide in the midst of all my scientific knowledge, my mother's heartfelt piety, and great kindness remain a legacy for which I cannot thank her enough. My sister has served me selflessly and full of kind concern for decades. My brother has always paved the way for me with the clear-sightedness of his judgments, with his powerful determination, with the cheerfulness of his heart, without this ever new going ahead and going along, I would not have been able to find the right path. I thank God, says Pope Emeritus Benedict. I thank God from the bottom of my heart for the many friends, men and women, whom he has always placed at my side, for the co-workers at all stages of my path, for the teachers and students he has given me, 
I gratefully entrust them all to his goodness, and I would like to thank the Lord for my beautiful home in the Bavarian foothills of the Alps, in which I was able to see the splendor of the Creator himself shining through time and again. I thank the people of my homeland for allowing me to experience the beauty of faith, time, and again. I pray that our country will remain a country of faith, and I ask you, dear compatriots, not to let your faith be distracted. Finally, I thank God for all the beauty I was able to experience during the various stages of my journey, but especially in Rome and in Italy, which has become my second home. I ask forgiveness from the bottom of my heart from all those who I'm, whom I have wronged in some way. What I said earlier of my compatriots, I now say to all who are entrusted to my service in the church, stand firm in the faith. Do not be confused. Often it seems as if science on the one hand, the natural science is on the other. <clears throat> I read that wrongly. Often it seems that if science on the one hand, the natural sciences, on the other, historical research, especially the exegesis of Holy Scriptures, has irrefutable insights to offer that are contrary to the Catholic faith. I have witnessed from times long past the changes in natural science and have seen how apparent certainty, certainties against the faith vanished, proving themselves not to be science, but philosophical interpretations only apparently belonging to science. Just as, moreover, it is in dialogue with the natural sciences that faith has learned to understand the limits of the scope of its affirmations, and thus its only specificity. For 60 years now, I have accompanied the path of theology, especially biblical studies, and have seen seemingly unshakable theses collapse with the changing generations, which turned out to be mere hypotheses. The liberal generation, the existentialist generation, the Marxist generation, I have seen and see how out of the tangle of hypotheses the reasonableness of faith has emerged, is and is emerging anew. Jesus Christ is truly the way, the truth, and the life, and the church in all her shortcomings is truly his body. Finally, I humbly ask Pray for me, so that the Lord may admit me to the eternal dwellings, despite all my sins and shortcomings. For all those entrusted to me, my heartfelt prayer goes out day after day. Benedicts, Benedictus Sixteenth. Very beautiful. Very, very beautiful. So now we leave him in the hands of our Lord, and uh, we pray for him, whether or not he needs our prayers. We pray for him on his journey to heaven, and I remind everyone, as I remind myself, that um, purgatory is the last is a great gift. It's the last stage of sanctification, without which no one will see God. Um, and whatever sins we go into purgatory, totally forgiven Christians, 
forgiven sinners, totally forgiven, but yet need to expiate the temporal effects of our sin, not the eternal effects that separated us from God through original sin. Only our Lord was able to do that on the cross. But we need to make reparation for the temporal sins, just as if we break a neighbor's window. We can't just say, I'm sorry. We have to work to repay her for that window. And so we are forgiven by our Lord's death. The death of Christ was sufficient on the cross to forgive all our sins. But when we sin following, um, we need to make amends. We need to repair the broken window. We need to make expiation uh, for the temporal effects of our sins. And it's very rare that a soul goes straight to heaven without needing to do that. So when someone dies... No matter how saintly they may appear, we cannot judge that. God alone is able to see the heart and judge that. So we must, if we have any love for them whatsoever, we must pray for them. Because purgatory um, is a helpless place. They suffer greatly, but they cannot do anything for their sanctification. Uh, It's passive. Only we can pray for them. Only we can suffer for them, offer sacrifices for them, and um, uh, expiate for whatever their temporal effects of their sins, that they could be released from purgatory and um, and be in the presence of our Lord in heaven. If you're Protestant and listening to this, um, this may be a horrible thought to you. This may be against scripture, but it's absolutely not, dear ones. Apostle Paul writes to the Philipp- Philippians that I am, I am uh, confident that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ, and he absolutely will. Purgatory, which is the purging of the remains of sin, is the final stage of sanctification. If we go from this earth a saved, forgiven sinner on our way to heaven, but yet have sin on our soul, we have to be cleansed of that sin. And we can do nothing to cleanse it. But we on earth, the communion of saints, the church militant on earth, can offer sacrifices and pray for those in purgatory. Just as Paul preached in 1 Corinthians to the first Christians, he said, we die and though we, we stand before God in the particular judgment and whatever was done uh, that was not for God, uh, all our works will be put through the fire. Are we saved by our works? No, we're saved by the death of Christ and his resurrection. But our works, we're not saved by our works, but we're not saved without them. And our works will determine what sort of work our good deeds have been. And if they are meant if they meant nothing for eternal value, then they will be burned up. First Corinthians chapter three, verses ten and following, at like wood, hay, and stubble, it will burn in the fire. If they've been done uh, for the glory of God, eternal value, um, they will go through fire. Um, but just as precious stones, they will not be harmed. Um, and so we will. Paul writes to the Corinthians, suffer loss. Um, as through fire, and yet we will be saved. There's no fire in heaven, beloved. This is the word to Paul to saved, forgiven sinners um, after their death, and so they will go through fire. That's not heaven, and that's not on earth. That is the stage between heaven and earth where we are final, purified, totally. Um, 
And that is what purgatory is about. There's the music, music beloved, for our first break. We'll be right back, um, and we'll take your calls, your emails, your texts after the second break. God bless you. The Station of the Cross thanks our supporters who have enabled us to broadcast Catholic programs for more than 20 years. As a nonprofit lay organization financially independent from your diocese, our apostolate is listener-supported. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel message and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Thank you for your continued support, and may God bless you and your family. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. It raises the question, I think, for a convert like me or for a cradle Catholic is, why are we seeing the human leadership of the Catholic Church steer the Church in a direction that doesn't seem consistent with Catholicism of the last 1900 years? That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. The Gospels record many instances of our Lord going off to a secluded place to pray, so we can be sure that finding a quiet place for prayer is vital for us as well. Located in the serene setting of Cranberry, Pennsylvania, the St. Thomas More House of Prayer is the perfect place to deepen your prayer life or to hold a group retreat. The St. Thomas More House of Prayer is a Catholic retreat center whose mission is to pray the Liturgy of the Hours and spread this beautiful prayer of the Church. Book a visit or learn more by going to liturgyofthehours.org or call us at 814-676-1910. That's 814-676-1910. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are live and we're thrilled to be with you. Um, I apologize, we needed to run an encore yesterday, but we are here, and we, we as far as we know, we'll be here every day this week, the Lord willing. Um, and as I said, as we began, we're yet in the Christmas season called Christmas Tide, which begins um, Christmas Eve, September 24th, right through to February 2nd. I know many people end the season at Epiphany or the Feast of John the Baptist, different times. Traditionally, it's February 2nd, Candlemas, the presentation of our Lord in the, in the temple. And we end it with a candle mass procession showing the light of the world has come. And that is my favorite. That's our, our community, um, Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope. That's our major, major feast day. And the feast day that um, Pope St. John Paul II declared as the um, uh, feast day for all religious uh, the consecration of religious life. So it's it's a wonderful, wonderful day. Um, and we keep our Christmas trees and everything up until then. Um, 
the world does things uh, so it's so sad to see Christmas lights go out the day after Christmas or the week after Christmas and everything taken down and the world back to normal as if as if Christmas had not come uh, as if it's a one or two day affair we spend a couple of months preparing and then it's over whereas true Catholics um, we spent all of Advent becoming holy for the preparation of the arrival of our Lord, and then we spend um, uh, we spend a full month, more, more than a month, celebrating His holy birth. Someone wrote a beautiful poem, Our Lady after the birth of Christ, and we're in that time. We are in now. We pray at the Daughters of Mary, the Benedictine diurnal. It's... Um, uh, it's the uh, English-Latin uh, translation, and it's according to the old calendar. It's very old um, because it's from St. Benedict, and it's very, very beautiful. Um, and um, we are now in the section of the year, the season that follows the nativity. So it's not just, uh, it's not ordinary time. It's the time after the nativity. It's very, very beautiful. I just love it. I've mentioned this before. In growing up in my Jewish home, we knew where we were. It was before Pesach or Passover. It was after Passover. It was, it was before the New Year, between New Year and Rosh Hashanah, uh, between the Atonement, uh, all the seasons, Sukkoth, all of that. We knew where we were in the year, and our Lord was born under the Old Covenant. He lived that liturgical year, and to walk with him through his life is to live the liturgical year. Um, there was no ordinary time in the Jewish year, and there's no ordinary time in the Christian year. Or the word ordinary is not to indicate that it's ordinary and not uh, Christian or not holy. It just indicates it's, there's no feast, but it's a loss. It's a great loss to say it's not prior to a season or after a season. So right now, we are in the season following the octave of the nativity of our Lord. And someone wrote, following Luke uh, for chapter 2, verse 7, uh, the verse that says, And she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him up in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Someone wrote, Strands, um, sorry, stands that mother more than beauteous where her blessed child is laid in that stable by that manger stands that raptured mother maid. How her virgin soul is swelling, thrilling with unearthly bliss. She hath seen him, she hath heard him, she has felt his infant kiss. How she sings with joy ecstatic, mother of the only child who can choose but share her rapture as she clasps him to her breast, playing now in childlike beauty, sleeping now in peaceful rest for our sins and for his nation. See the little Jesus lies in the stable with the oxen, tears are in his infant eyes stands the holy peaceful joseph with that spotless virgin flower speechless in their holy rapture speechless in that midnight hour virgin of all virgins purest spotless stainless undefiled 
Give me in my arms to clasp him. Let me kiss thy blessed child. Let my soul be lost in loving him who dying gives us life, who is born this blessed morning, peace to bring, to banish strife. How her virgin soul, this is the chorus again, how her virgin soul is swelling, thrilling with unearthly bliss. She hath seen him, she hath heard him, she has felt his infantly kiss. Now how she sings with joy ecstatic, mother of the only child. And when dying, let me see him, let me clasp him to my breast, loving, living, loving, dying, thus to go to endless rest. It's just beautiful. It's utterly beautiful. And here's a wonderful Christmas prayer, beloved. It's from the Reculta from 1878. There's an entire book, the Reculta, with a collection of all these magnificent prayers. And it begins, I adore thee, incarnate word true, son of God from all eternity, and true son of the Virgin Mary in the fullness of time, adoring thy divine person and the humanity which is united to it, I feel moved, moreover, to venerate the poor crib which welcomed thee, an infant, and was truly the first throne of thy love. Would that I could prostrate myself before it with the simplicity of the shepherds, with the faith of Joseph, with the love of Mary. Would that I could bend in adoration of so precious a memorial of our salvation, with the spirit of mortification, of poverty, of humility, with which thou, the Lord of heaven and earth, didst choose a manger to receive and shelter thy trembling limbs. Do thou, O Lord, who while yet a babe didst deign to rest in this crib, vouchsafe also to pour into my heart a little of the joy excited in those who beheld thy lovely childhood and the wonders which accompanied thy birth, through which I beseech thee to give to the whole world peace and goodwill, and in the name of all mankind, to render all thanksgiving and glory to the Father and to the Holy Ghost, who with thee liveth and reigneth, one God, world without end. Amen. Ah, blessed Lord, dear people, we have such richness, and we compare this to um, so much of what is going on today, even in the church, and it's painful. Uh, We need to go back to find the beauty of what God has given. I think we have time um, just before our second break and before we take your text, your calls, your emails um, to go through one prayer for the Christian family. And um, I don't know who wrote it or what year, um, but it reads this. It's beautiful. O God of goodness and mercy, to thy fatherly protection, we commend our family, our household, and all that belongs to us. We commit all to thy love and keeping. Do thou fill this house with thy blessings, even as thou didst fill the whole house of Nazareth with thy presence. I know many of you are saying, where are you getting that from, Mother? I'm getting it from a website titled 
one word here, Catholic Harbor of Faith and Morals.com. One word, Catholic Harbor, H-A-R-B-O-R, of Faith and Morals.com. It's exquisite. And those of you who already received our Christmas newsletter by email, um, I have much in there from that Catholic website, which I announced was from that website. None of what I'm reading now, but um, it's a magnificent, exquisite website. If you have received our Christmas newsletter, I it's 28 pages. It's the largest thing we've ever done. Um, uh, by email, you will have it. Um, if you uh, are on our regular, what we call our snail mail, regular mail list, um, I'll just mention to you, you won't have it yet for a couple of weeks. Hopefully before uh, the Christmas time, uh, Christmas tide ends before February 2nd, but um, we had trouble uh, having envelopes printed with our new uh, business reply mail and our new address and all of that trouble getting things done by those who do them um, and so uh, which we have no control over it largely comes from the post office so uh, it, it's just been delayed and we hope that um, we could have it out in the mail to you by the end of next week we hope so but if you want to see it go to our website www.motherofisraelshope.org and it's right up there on our on our website and you can click on newsletters as well, and you can find it, and you can still sign on to our newsletter, uh, email or regular mail, um, anything you wish. So um, let me now um, continue with this prayer for the Christian family. Uh, Preserve us and our house from all evils and misfortunes, but grant that we may be ever resigned to thy divine will even in the sorrow, which it shall please thee to send us. You hear that? God sends sorrows to to raise us up as his children. Finally, it says, give us all the grace to live in perfect harmony and in the fullness of love toward our neighbor. Grant that every one of us may deserve by a holy life the comfort of thy holy sacraments at the hour of death, O Jesus Bless us and protect us, O Mary, Mother of grace and of mercy. Defend us against the wicked spirit. Reconcile us with thy Son. Commit us to his keeping, that so we may be made worthy of his promises. Saint Joseph, foster father of our Savior, guardian of his holy mother, head of the holy family, intercede for us. Bless us and defend our home. At all times, St. Michael, defend us against all the wicked cunning of hell. St. Gabriel, make us to understand the holy will of God. St. Raphael, keep us free from all sickness and from every danger to our lives. Our holy guardian angels, keep our feet safely on the path of salvation, both day and night. Our holy patrons, pray for us before the throne of God. Yea, bless this house. O God the Father, who has created us, O God the Son, who has suffered for us upon the cross, and Thou, O Holy Spirit, who has sanctified us in holy baptism, 
May the one God and three divine persons preserve our bodies, purify our minds, direct our hearts, and bring us all to everlasting life. Glory be to the Father. Glory be to the Son. Glory be to the Holy Ghost. Amen. There's the music for our break, beloved. Feel free to call in toll-free with anything on your hearts. 1-877-511-5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 4th. Today we celebrate Saint Elizabeth Ann Seton. Now there's a familiar name, especially in the U.S., Today we mark the feast of America's first native-born saint, an extraordinary woman by any account. Elizabeth Ann Bailey Seton was a wife, widow, mother, convert, foundress of the first American religious community for women, the Sisters of Charity, and of the first American parish school. All of it came in the space of 46 short years. There is something uniquely American about the former socialite, born two years before the American Revolution. Born into a wealthy family, Elizabeth married a successful businessman, saw her husband lose his fortune and die young, experienced disapproval for leaving the Episcopal Church, and struggled to keep her family together by drawing on her talents and her desire to serve humanity. Elizabeth was invited to open a girls' school in Baltimore, which she did in 1808. Within one year, she had founded a religious community of women whose members devoted themselves to teaching and serving the poor. Mother Seton knew disappointment, death, and pain throughout her life, but she turned to God and found God at every point. Canonized by Pope Paul VI in 1975, she is buried in Emmitsburg, Maryland. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Uh, Started drinking beer on Saturday nights, uh, sleeping in on Sunday mornings, missing mass and then it just became a pattern and continued without god i don't know where i'd be right now i feel like i'm whole again i know the importance of the eucharist i know the importance of the sacraments that i didn't know at a young age i follow god's will because my desire is to get to heaven our our lives are rich and full by being members of the church if you've been away from the catholic church visit catholicscomehome.org Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am Mother Miriam, and we are live, and I'm so grateful uh, to be here. Um, and we are now uh, at our half hour. It's our, our time. Our lines are wide open. We have a half hour all to ourselves, and I invite you to call in with anything at all on your heart. Toll free, one 5483 or email uh, at mother at the station of the cross dot com. Um, we have an email from Brinda who says, I'm an African American upset about the church permitting the promotion of non Christian, unorthodox, heretical movements to be attached to black Catholic evangelism, primarily African American, because black people of the African continent neither accept 
many of these heretical ideas culturally nor religiously. Um, Brenda, and I, I, uh, Brenda, I agree with you. I, I don't know why they're doing that. Um, she said, nor do these groups attempt to attach these heretical ideas to evangelization of any other ethnic groups. Well, shame on them. Though they do leech onto the Catholic women movements, this angers and upsets me as I believe that Satan is deliberately attacking African-American family life. Could you respond to my agony? Well, and, and I know you've written more, but so far I'll respond, Brenda. Um, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. It's, I have it spelled on the call board here, B-R-I-N-D-A, Brenda. Um, uh, he is, if that's the case, Satan is attacking African-American life. So we, we, we are agonizing at anything that is false, at any attack that Satan makes to destroy the church, to destroy its people, to destroy Christianity. So um, uh, it's not so. Um, that, uh, what did you say here? Um, um, that black people of African co- continent neither accept many of these heretical ideas culturally nor religiously. I know that. And if it's being pinned on African-American people, on orthodox, non-Christian things, um, it's simply not true. It's simply not true. I've gone to uh, masses where... Um, they're just regular masses. But, um, I came from one uh, before we got to Tyler, I mean, where, where it was unorthodox teaching, false teaching, um, charismatic things that were not in line with the Catholic Church and wasn't a black charismatic or black African-American church at all. So um, I'm sorry for that, Brenda. It should not happen. And um, Brenda writes, by the way, as a preschooler, I was so enthralled by the priests and ladies in black, that is the nuns, in the Bing Crosby movie. Aww. Oh, what is that movie? And attending mass at the Langley AFB in Hampton, Virginia at age four. Bing Crosby, wasn't that going my way? I don't recall what it was, Bing uh, ladies in black. In other words, nuns, yes, maybe going my way in the Big Crosby movie. I love those movies too. And attending mass at the Langley AFB, I guess Langley Air Force Base in Hampton, Virginia, at age four with my aunt, who converted as a result of her family being stationed in Madrid. I formally converted at my first opportunity at age 19 through my campus, Catholic Chapel, and Newman Club. Blessed be God for that. Thank you for all you do. May God bless you in your ministry to the world, Brenda. Brenda, um, you're an African-American, upset about church permitting uh, the promotion of lots of things and attaching it to black Catholic evangelization. Uh, shame on them. I come from a Jewish background, and also... Um, have suffered from uh, many things that have been done in the church or said uh, about the Jewish people, even some historically denying the Holocaust. So I'm with you, and I understand, and we accept that those, um, uh, that misinformation, that slander, that hurts like that, we take them uh, because we put Christ on the cross by our sins. And so there's nothing we will suffer that he hasn't suffered. Betrayal, misunderstanding, all of that. 
God bless you, Brenda. Um, we have a call from Valerie from Virginia. Hi, Valerie. Hi, Mother. Hi, Merry dear. Christmas and a blessed New Year to you. And the same to you, dear Valerie. Thank you. Thank honey. you. Uh, I just wanted to to thank you for everything that you do. I, I have had the best Advent I ever had in my life. <laughs> this past Advent, I'm 58 years old, and my two children are grown. They're both away from the faith, and I've I've uh-huh. spoken to them pretty bluntly about it, but. My son has a mental disorder. He doesn't want to believe. He lives in a fantasy world. And my daughter just says that she's not going to force her children to do what she was forced to do. So, um, But I live, I take your words, and I, I hear them, and I listen to them. And they just ring so true to me that... Mm. I live the faith no matter what. And I didn't know anything about Advent. We sang when I was growing up, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, but we always had the Christmas tree up right after Thanksgiving, and, Mm -hmm. and I didn't do that. I put the tree up right before Christmas Eve, before my family came, and didn't put any lights on, didn't even have the manger. And the Advent this past, for me, was such a, I understand, I for the first time in my life, I actually understood Advent. <laughs> and I, without having any decorations up or anything, but just having Advent and having it be kind of like a mini Lent, but yeah. focusing on our Lord coming and His second coming and His yes. third coming. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it, I've just learned so much from you. I just wanted to thank you for all of that because, and then going to midnight mass, I travel almost two hours one way to go to the Latin mass every Sunday. And I went to midnight mass and it was, I went last year, but it didn't have the same impact. The impact this year was so much greater because of the advent that. So I wanted to thank you for all of that. There's so many things that I have learned from you. I mean, every day, even as a woman, every day, I wear a skirt, and it's to the to my ankles every single day. Wow. <laughs> Whenever Good I leave you. the house, I'm in a skirt. <laughs> you have blessed my day and my whole month. Oh, Valerie, how beautiful um, that even you've called in to let me know all this and the things that God does in our heart. No matter who says anything or teaches anything, or um, it's it's God who applies it to our heart. So His grace is abounding in you and i'm i'm so grateful and thankful for what he's done valerie god bless you and so don't speak to your children boldly speak the truth but always in love so they can hear the love of god that's what i do and i just try to live it just as you always say live as if it's true that's it and i've done you know god has done a complete 180 in my life so i'm misunderstood by a lot of people but i know what he's doing and he's called he's called me to lead a mostly hidden life um, and that's what I do, where and I when, am. Good. And when you're with your children, um, when you have the opportunity, when the mood is right, the time is right, you could say to them, you know, um, as of this year, you know, God has greatly blessed me deep in my faith. Um, you know, things I've practiced all my life, but really never fully understood or fully appreciated and and this year, this and this happened, you know, and I really went through Lent for the first time in a sense, and it made it at Christmas so much more meaningful, all that. And say to them, you know, faith is a gift from God. I can't apologize to you, my children, for not having it when I raised you because it's a gift from God, but I want you to know 
that you were robbed of all this growing up because I didn't have it, so I couldn't give it to you. But that's why I'm so in love with the faith now. Let them know that. Let them know that what they think is Catholicism is is a semblance of it, but it's not the full uh, plate, so to speak. And thank you, thank you for that because they, they, I've the, the the lives that we've had, all of us. I mean, there's been so much suffering and sorrow. Um, mm. I was married twice. The first wasn't sacramental. My daughter was born. The second was, but my marriage was annulled, and that's when Mm. my son was born. And, Uh you know, we've had a very, um, the life, there's been a lot of Mm -hmm. real hardship and everything. And I've apologized to them because I told them it takes two, and I've apologized to them. I said, but I, I understand now that I could not give you what I didn't have your fathers couldn't give you what they didn't have. And I'm so sorry about that. Um, And when you teach them about marriage, it does take two, um, but teach them that each one puts in 100%. So that if the partner, so to speak, the husband or the spouse puts in 3%, the wife doesn't fill in 97%. She still has 100%. The same thing. You know, if the wife um, fails and she's depressed and she puts in 50%, the husband's still responsible for 100 So we're still individually responsible for 100% living our faith. But you're right that you can't give what you didn't have. Right. And they, you know, they, they've, you know, they said that they've, you know, forgiven me. I've forgiven myself, and I know that God has forgiven me, and I've prayed to for this to be my purgatory. And my, my confessor, my spiritual director, told me, he said, oh, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> right, and, and it said, will well, not be your purgatory. It will not mm-hmm. be your purgatory. What you can do is, um, uh, in, in, in that sense, mm-hmm. um, what you're asking God to do is help you to sacrifice enough Yes. Uh, to pray enough and to sacrifice, not to eliminate your going through purgatory, mm-hmm. um, um, but to, it's possible for us to do that. It's possible for us to sacrifice enough and pray enough to expiate all our former sins to go straight to heaven. That's very possible. But um, our purgatory is not on earth, but God gives us the opportunity to expiate the temporal effects of all our sins and uh, we have more sins than we know about. So, um, uh, it, but that's very possible that we can go straight to heaven. Mm-hmm. It, that is certainly possible, Valerie. I bless God for what he's done in your life, dear one. And I love your call today. Thanks so much for it. Oh, well, thank you, Mother Miriam, and God bless you. You too, sweetheart. Thank you. All right. And Paul from Massachusetts is on the line. Hello, my friend. Hi. Can you hear me? I can hear you, Paul. Thanks. Okay. All right. I just wanted to say happy 11th day of Christmas. <laughs> happy okay. New Year. Happy New Year, And sweetheart. also, I, I told the screener that, you know, somebody once said to me, like, what did the, what did the Blessed Mother, the other virgin, you know, she, she was like without sin, full of grace. And like, how much of a choice was it to say yes and you know, how, how much was much a choice? No, t- say it again. I'm, I'm missing some of your words. How much of a choice? How, how much of a um, battle was it to say yes uh, to, to not sin when she's full of grace and, and she, she's not struggling with concupiscence like we are? And this person, I didn't know how to answer them. I mean, 
What, what would you say about that? Well, the fact is that Mary, she's only 15 uh, about that and born under the law. And she had the tradition of the church says consecrated herself as a virgin, as a young child, totally given to God in reparation for Israel's sins. That's tradition. So when the Holy Spirit, um, when the angel Gabriel told her that she would conceive in her womb and bear the very Son of God, um, when she said, how could this be since I know not man, um, she was referring to her vow of virginity. Not only have I not been with a man, but I've vowed not to be with a man. How I'm not going to be with a man. Uh, how is it possible for this to happen? Also, um, under the Jewish law, under the law of Moses, if um, an unmarried woman conceived a child, she needed to be put to death. Um, so let's we'll continue, Paul, when we come back from the break. Okay, can you hang on? Yes. All right, good. Hang on. And anyone else, you're welcome to call in during the break, toll-free, 1-877-511-5483, or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com. You can text at the toll-free number as well. We'll be right back. Beloved, this is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live. Like the Catholic Current and the many other programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, Divine Mercy in My Soul is all about the messages that Jesus revealed to St. Faustina. It is aired every Sunday morning at 11 Eastern and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. Or you can listen anytime to Divine Mercy in My Soul on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. As part of our continuing effort to teach the sometimes lost beauty of our faith, we are broadcasting a special educational lesson every Wednesday called Lessons in Latin. These mini teachings from the Institute of Christ the King break down the history of the various parts of our Holy Mass. You can hear Lessons in Latin Wednesdays at approximately 5.15 a.m., 3.45 p.m., and 9.40 p.m. Are you holding on to an old car or truck because you think dealers won't want it? Then consider donating it to the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. This is a great way to turn your unvalued vehicle into a powerful gift for Catholic Radio. You'll be taking part in our evangelization efforts to continue spreading Christ's love throughout the world. Our Lord uses Catholic Radio to draw more people to Himself, and one of the best ways to support the Station of the Cross is by contributing to our vehicle donation program. The process is safe and simple. Your generosity will greatly benefit our mission to bring the truths of the Catholic faith to countless listeners. To find out more or to donate your vehicle today, visit thestationofthecross.com or call 1-866-628-CARS. That's thestationofthecross.com or 1-866-628-2277. 
Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I am she, and I am live, and I'm thrilled to be with you. And this is our final segment for this morning. We have a good 10 minutes. Um, it's not the, no such thing as a bad 10 minutes. It's always good. It's a gift from God, how we use time. Um, and you're welcome to call in again, toll-free, or text one 511 5483 or email at mother at We're on the uh, line with Paul from Massachusetts, and Paul has asked, um, I think a friend asked you, why was it such a big deal, so to speak, for Mary to say yes to the Holy Spirit concerning um, bearing the Son of God since she was without sin, without concupiscence? Um, and uh, I was making the point that one tradition holds that she had made a vow of virginity, and so to conceive the Son would be, she thought, to break that vow, which it was not because she was not wedded to a man, but it was the Holy Spirit who planted the seed in her. So she would remain a virgin, which she did. And I mentioned just before the break that according to Jewish law, a single woman who was pregnant was to be put to death. And that's why when Joseph found out she was pregnant before the angel Gabriel came to him in a dream, he sought to put her away secretly so she wouldn't be put to death. Um, and also, um, uh, in the in the Old Testament, um, no one who looked on law, if, if anyone looked on God, they would die. When when the angel of the Lord, uh, pre-incarnate Christ in the Old Testament, appeared to Gideon, he said to his wife, "We have seen God. We shall surely die. So if you can't look on God and live, how can you possibly uh, bear Him in your womb?" So for Mary to say, be it done to me according to thy word, um, took huge faith. The fact that she was without sin uh, did not um, keep her from having weak faith. She had magnificent faith and put herself totally in God's hands. Are you there, Paul? I am. Did that help? I, it helps. I just the other part is like you know, this, we have concupiscence to sin. We have an inclination to sin every day. But did she have the same struggles? I, you no. know, that's what the kind of the directing. She did me. not. She did not because she was born without original sin. Uh, at the moment of her conception, a singular grace preserved, free from original sin, concupiscence is the fruit of original sin. She did not have that. Yet, theology tells us that she could have sinned. Um, Eve, Adam and Eve, Eve did not have concupiscence. Eve wasn't born with original sin. Uh, the sin of Adam and Eve caused the human race to be plunged into sin. That was the original sin, but Eve did not have original sin. She didn't have concupiscence. She was born free of sin, and yet she had free will. And she sinned. Mary the same, born without sin, yet she had free will. Mary could have sinned, but she did not. 
She couldn't. She couldn't say no. She, at at our Lord's bidding, she could have said no. Her fiat was free will. She was not a robot. She could have said no, thank you to the angel Gabriel, to God. She could have said no. Okay. Absolutely, that's why her fiat is so great. It was her complete, total surrender. With what kind of understanding? It's against the law of God. I'm a virgin. I've I've consecrated myself as a virgin my whole life. How could God be born in a womb? They didn't understand the Trinity at that time. All of that. Uh, how could God have a son? Uh, the Most High will come upon you. And in the Old Testament, the, whole, uh, the Most High is a title of God, the Father. Uh, how could he have a son? Uh, again, the Trinity was not revealed then. So um, there was a lot Mary uh, was dealing with. But she said yes to God. Then Joseph had concupiscence, correct? Yes. Um, yeah, you know, I can't fully answer that. Um, I believe so, but people can correct me on that. Um, he was born with original sin, yes. Um, I don't know of the degree of his sanctification in his mother's womb. Um, I do not know uh, that, Paul. I'd have to look that up. I don't. I don't understand. I don't understand personally that Joseph was free from sin. He wasn't free from sin as Mary was. No. How about John the Baptist? He he was supposedly sanctified in the womb when he when Mary visited. Thus he was. Thus he was. So he came out of the womb sanctified. And again, if he had concupiscence. I don't know. I have to learn that myself. Whether Joseph, and again, especially John the Baptist, who was sanctified in his mother's womb, indeed, um, whether either of them struggled with concupiscence, um, I don't know. I want to say they were not free from concupiscence. They were greatly sanctified and holy. Uh, but I cannot say that they were free of concupiscence. I can't say they weren't. I can't say they were. I'd have to look that up. Well, I thank God for your vocation, and um, keep it up. Thanks, Paul. Bless you, sweetheart. God bless you. Go to, go to Catholic.com and put those questions in. They are the greatest apologetics organization on the planet, I believe. Catholic.com. You'll see a little search box, box as soon as you come on their web and, and type those questions in. Um, they're very good. All right, Paul. All dear. right. Okay. God bless you. We have an email from James who says, Hello, Mother. What concordance would you recommend? Merry Christmas, James. Merry Christmas to you, dear James. I have one. I'm not at home right now in our priory. Um, in um, uh, Where are we living? In Tyler, Texas. <laughs> um, I'm in Monica's house across from the church so I could have the Internet. We don't yet have Internet at our home that's strong enough for the radio program. And I don't recall what... Um, concordance I have, but TAN, T-A-N, publishes, produces a textual concordance of the Holy Scriptures. Um, it's Douay Rheims version, very reliable TAN, um, and I would, I would recommend uh, that that would be a, a great help to you. Textual concordance of the Holy Scriptures um, would be good. Another resource I use is Bible Gateway. Bible Gateway 
has, I don't know, 30 versions of the scriptures. And um, they have a Catholic version as well. So I go to it, and I have up on my Bible gateway, Revised RSVCE, Revised Standard Version, Version, <laughs> I'm talking about the Virgin, Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition. And that, I have it permanently on my screen, screen on the, and you could put it Dewey Waves as well, but you don't want Revised Standard Version because you'll have all the Catholic books missing. Revised Standard Version Catholic Edition, and you could look up any scripture, any topic, uh, anything by word, by by reference, and and bring it up. You can bring it up a verse. You can bring it up a chapter. You can bring up a whole book, and um, it and the commentary on it. So it's very very good. BibleGateway.com, I guess. Um, I don't know if it's dot com or dot org, and then um, go to Tan Publishers, and and they have a good concordance. There's the music for our closing, uh, dear ones. Um, it's so good to be with you. Merry Christmas again. Thank you, uh, Phil, for counting the days. The 11th day of Christmas is very important. We have 12 days of Christmas. This is very important. So God bless all of you. And um, we'll speak with you tomorrow.